Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. There's over 180,000 titles for you to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio and get your free audiobook today. In this episode of Cause Talk Radio, I'm back with Joe Waters of Selfish Giving for The Joe Show. We talk about this year's Halo Award finalists, our new social impact book club, Carol Cohn's new B2B study, and Jeff Bezos' $10 billion Earth Fund. All right, I am back again with the fabulous Joe Waters of Selfish Giving for That's me. The Joe Show. Hey, Joe. That's right. Hey, thanks so much for having me back. Oh, wow. You know. I just think every month I do this, I'm like, she's not going to have me back next month. She doesn't need <laughs> you me said anymore. That last month you'd- you know, I mean, after you kicked me off the podcast and everything, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's bad. It's There's bad, a lot of infighting I mean? in social impact, like a lot of cat fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Joe and I, Joe and I, got into sumo wrestling suits, and we just duked it out for the podcast. That's right, that's right, and I lost. <laughs> you would definitely lost. You would definitely lose if you and I got into sumo. Suits. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're one of the toughest people I know. Don't get me started. All right, well, we have so much to talk about today. I think uh, on our end of the earth, the most exciting thing that's happened is that we announced the Halo Award finalists, which was that's exciting. Awesome. It's always. Yeah, I get to go to New York and uh, sit in on the judging and be a fly on the wall and hear all the conversations. So it's always fun to have uh, mm-hmm. go through that. Process. Now, how many, uh, tell our listeners, how many finalists did we have this year? So there are four finalists in 14 categories. And actually, one of them has five. So I think there are 53, something like that. 53. 53. Wow. I can't do math. But yeah. So a lot. But um, I mean, it's hard because, yeah, I mean, it's... You pick the finalists and then picking the winners is even harder because there are some great campaigns in there. So, Of all the ones you heard when you were in New York, which one was your favorite? You've announced them all, right? You've, You've announced, announced the them finalists, all on, yeah. That's right. You announced the finalists. You, you got to give June. me some... Oh, come on. I guess we'll have to go to Engage for Good. Yes, you'll have to go to Engage for Good and find out. Yes. I Actually, you know, right. it was hard because there. it's... I mean, you know, you've been a judge before. It's hard to compare. You're not comparing apples to apples. Um, so you've got a lot of great campaigns and a lot of different, you know, activations and different focus points. And so it's hard to sit like it's hard to pick a favorite because there's so many good ones in there. So, yeah, no, there is. And, you know, it is it's a really hard process because a lot of them I remember reading through them too, just being like, wow, these are all impressive in their own way. You know, how do you really pick a best one? The funny thing is that people come to the table and you think you're like, well, everyone's going to think this campaign is great. And then, you know, somebody's like, I loved this campaign. It was my favorite. And the other judges are like, what are you talking about? This was my favorite. You're like, so it's interesting. Cause you just, it's, that's why you have a judging committee. Cause it's people have different backgrounds and different perspectives. And, um, it's always interesting to me to kind of see the dynamic and see like, they end up like influencing one another essentially as they're like pointing things out that they, that stood out to them. So it's just a fun process. So I'm excited. Well, hey, I'm excited. Can't wait to go to to Austin for... I've actually... You know, it's kind of sad. I've never been to Austin before. Really? 
you Isn't haven't? that crazy? Like, no, you I've been never to been to... Nope, I nothing thought, like that. You so and I went I'm to finally Blog going. World. That's what we did together. That's right. That was in uh, Los Angeles. Las, Las Vegas or Los Angeles? Los Angeles. Okay, I believe you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Austin yeah. is a great, fun town. And it's kind of, I mean, I'm a little bit biased because it's a little bit like Portland. Like, it's kind of that, like, smaller, funky, eclectic... It's got a cool vibe. Yeah. I'm actually right? going to be there. I'm actually going to be there the week this podcast airs uh, for the peer to peer forum. Nice. But so I will. I can uh, wait though because I'm going to get a 10 gallon a hat to wear. So I can finally <laughs> get my <laughs> cowboy totally hat on. Should. You know? So you totally should. David apparently has some sort of uh, fancy cowboy boots that I'm sure hurt his feet because he's worn them once, but I'm going to make him pull, the, pull them out for the conference. Oh, good. Good. So yeah, conference well. time. Yeah. So if you haven't registered, please join us. Joe's going to be there leading a session on influencers because he's such an influencer in this site. And it's going to be fun. And I think it's a really hot topic. And we have other great people on the panel, which is much more important. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So, okay. So that's what's going on here. Would you want to talk a little bit about our book club pick? You heard it here first, folks. We are going to do a social impact book club. It was Joe's idea. And I am so excited about it. And we've actually picked a book. So you want to talk about what it- no it wasn't my idea it was your idea to have a book it club. was oh i had such yeah. a good idea <laughs> yep that's right you had an awesome <laughs> idea you know it's so interesting too because you all know listening to it's tough sometimes to do stuff because it's like extra work but for megan and i reading books is not extra work it is the very lifeblood of our existence right reading books and i was like megan is genius on this because i already read books why wasn't i doing all the book club <laughs> Long ago. So I'm so glad uh, that we are doing a book club. And our first book, we picked our very first one. And as Megan pointed out, it's a good book too, because not only is it a good book, but it's also a free book. And it is Darren Walker's book, From Generosity to Justice, A New Gospel of Wealth. And we'll be reading that uh, between now and I think it's April uh, when we do a little online book club meeting, which I'm really excited about. But I got into the book last night, got into the first chapter. Very interesting. Yep. Very interesting. Uh, You know, already digging in with the book. And I think the vision Darren has is so powerful. And I love how he makes the distinction, too, between generosity and justice. And that, you know, philanthropy does have its place, but not when it's replacing things that should already be in place to help people. Right. So the idea is to get people off philanthropy and get the things that they deserve in the first place so they don't have to get philanthropy. Although there's always a role for philanthropy in the world, but we need to fix those structures, those systems that uh, make philanthropy so necessary. You're already excited about the book and you're only one chapter into it. I can't wait to That's right. I can't wait to get That's started. Right. The other you cool know, thing about I'm this one book, chapter in. Well, the other cool thing about this book we should mention, first of all, thank you to Allison Morris with Path, who suggested this book. Thank you, Allison. Um, but the other thing we should mention that is that it's also an audiobook. So, yeah, free audio yeah, book, no, free so they, and they have everything too. Yeah, so, so we're excited. You Sorry, you're going to say I'm something already, else about the book. I was just, just saying that. I just hate, remember, this I isn't hate, the book club, so you don't get to talk too much about. That's it. right. I don't get to. I I mean, I just liked it because I hate billionaires even more than I hated them before. <laughs> so that's the thing, you know. So, so if when you're I a saw, billionaire, you might not like yeah. this book. <laughs> if you if you're in a billionaire, you're out of our book club. Okay. <laughs> We're going to kick you yeah. out. But one of Unless the things you want to sponsor said, it. <laughs> one of the things, he he, um, he he refers back to the Gilded Generation from the 19th century. And oh. He talks about the wealth back then. And he talks about 4,000 wealthy people having more than the 50%, bottom 50% of the U.S. population at that time. Now, three 
billionaires in the United States control more wealth than the bottom 50% Oh my gosh, that's disgusting. So that's just like unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, for that stuff. Okay, so, well I am So yeah, so I think we're going to have a great it's going to be great and you know and and what we've encouraged people to think about too is to really think about um, Darren's book in the context of corporate partnerships. Like, can corporations really play a role? Obviously, they can in this transition. And what does that mean for corporate partnerships? Right. And yeah. So I think it was, I think it's going to be great anyways. And like we said, it's a free book. Uh, we've given ourselves plenty of time to read it, I think. Um, and it's a relatively short book. I saw Megan too. It's okay. only a couple hundred pages. Oh, sweet. So it's okay. not that. Yeah. So it's not that. It's, it's doable. Not a super long book. It's doable. Yeah. It's very doable. It's very doable. And I have already thought about several, um, books. I know. I've actually uh, had a couple other ideas book. since, yeah. since our original conversation, but yes, yeah, so that's right. Which I run all of the titles by you first because <laughs> you get to approve them because you invented the book club you know well, i've already suggested one title to make it, say, and it was like nope yeah no, yeah, no we're not one. yeah yep. we're not we're not we're not reading that book but you, you know? we both have veto power so it's fine it's it's that's right that's right. But I think, um, yeah, so I'm really excited. That's about awesome. This. Well, speaking of billionaires, I think a little piece of news that hit the headlines in the last week or so was just that Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, is doing a $10 billion earth fund to, mm-hmm. you know, it's devoted for fighting to fighting climate change out of his own personal money. And it's interesting because you would think most people would kind of celebrate this, but he's apparently gotten quite a lot of blowback, including from his internal employees about like, yeah, but that's not going to offset what Amazon is doing to, you know, make problems for our, for our world and for our universe here. So yeah. Um, so he's gotten, yeah. So it's kind of like clean up your own house for us, right? Before you do something. Exactly. And we were just talking about that last time on the podcast that there's, it's definitely Molly is calling that Molly Ray of form momentum is calling that authentication. Like this whole conversation we had where it's like, um, companies are taking a stand on some issue, but they're getting, a lot of scrutiny for from people saying like, yeah, but what are you doing like for your own employees or what are you doing internally? Like it's, um, it's just a different level of scrutiny when companies are coming out with these messages. So I think, um, you know, Jeff Bezos is just kind of par for the course there. No. And, you know, I think it's so interesting too, that even as a cause marker, when I'm presented with uh, fundraising opportunities in stores, I often think to myself, I wonder what the company's doing. You know, in the sense like, you know, it's less about like, oh, that's good that they're asking us for money. It's more like, yeah, but what are you doing? You know, and I also feel too, like, I do feel that that basic pull, like, are you providing people with health insurance? Are you providing people with a basic wage, uh, a livable wage uh, to work here? All these other things. So it's, yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how that's coming full circle a little bit. And I think um, it's probably every social impact uh, professional's worst nightmare. You know, if they know that there's something that's not quite in order in their company or they're kind of still working on it that somebody's going to shine a spotlight on that and you know air air the dirty laundry so to speak so uh yeah i'm sure that's a stressful situation now i know with the bezos money one thing i will say that's a boatload of money like okay I've but heard come a lot on of speaking of billionaires like that's like his spare change, his $10 billion oh, earth but fund. But still, that's a Seriously. lot of money though megan like like that's <laughs> the thing i think we have to that's what i think we have to give Amazon or Jeff Bezos a little bit of credit for in the sense like, I wow, agree. this is $10 still billion a, dollars all the money. money. All, what, what is something like the UN fund that they're collecting for 
for climate change is at like nine billion or something like that. So really? he's automatically doubled the money that was in that. So it's significant. But now I will say there are questions around that ten billion that we have to ask, like, okay, well, where is that going? How is it going to be distributed? You know, all those different things. And I, I imagine those things. But I imagine like Jeff Bezos is sitting back, like thinking to himself, like, I cannot freaking win. Right. Exactly. You know, in the sense, like, well, whatever I do, I'm getting dinged. No and, good deed goes unpunished, you know? That's, yeah. Well, you know, the week before he's buying a $165 million house. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. No. Yeah. Did you see that was if someone making what they say? $60,000 a year in proportion to his income. If someone making $60,000 a year bought a house for a similar amount of money, it would cost him $75. Wait, wait, what? So based on the money that Jeff Bezos has, oh, 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 right? So he pays $165 billion. That's a like, that's like, uh, that's like someone making $65,000 a year paying $75 yeah, for a house. Got it. Okay. You so know? it's like a drop in the bucket is what you're saying. That's right. That's right. And I keep on thinking, I'm like, is this house going to be as nice as Megan's house? <laughs> Just so you know, folks, Megan has done over her kitchen and it's supposedly like fabulous. Well, I mean, we're talking like... I don't know about fabulous. It is better yeah. than it was. <laughs> but this is why I'm recording from my bedroom yeah. instead of my, my office. It's still under construction, but that is a That's story right. for another day. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. One book I am completely obsessed with and highly recommend is The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters by Priya Parker. It is absolutely a perfect combination of philosophy and practicality as it relates to your next gathering of people, whether that's a business meeting or a conference, a huge surprise party, or maybe just a backyard barbecue. I highly recommend this book and you can get it for free on Audible with your 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. All right. One other thing we wanted to talk about today that I'm very excited about. I don't know why somebody hadn't thought about this before, but of course, Carol Cohn thought of it because she's brilliant. So Carol and the Harris Poll and somebody else that I'm blanking on right now did a study um, looking at B2B uh, social responsibility efforts um, and purpose within B2B companies. So while 86% of B2B companies say that purpose is important to growth, they're still kind of working about working on it. So only 24% said purpose is embedded into their business to the point that it influences innovation, operations, and their engagement with society. So great study from Carol. Did you take a look at that, Joe? Yeah, I did. I did. And I actually shared it in my newsletter this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, you know, and one of the things that I've always said about this, too, from a fundraising perspective, is that B2B represents a huge opportunity for cause marketers and corporate partnership people because, you know, I mean, there are only so many retailers out of there. And then when we think about how many retail operations are out there, they pay, that pales in comparison to how many B2B shops there are out there. So B2B represents this kind of unexplored country. And I think even from a fundraising perspective, we need to get really creative in how we approach those people in raising money because it is different, right? right. You don't have they registers, don't have you don't have products yeah. to buy. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's so it's it's different. And uh, that's why, you know, in some instances, I've given a shout out to Alex's Lemonade Stand, which has done a good job developing a B2B platform uh, that b- uh, businesses can take advantage of called The Million Mile. And 
But I also think you just have to get creative with B2B. You have to go in there. And I mean, that's like, I mean, what Carol's talking to is like the full purpose picture, right? Sustainability, CSR, all these different things. I'm thinking of it just from a cause marketing perspective. Mm. But I just think there's like so much opportunity there. And uh, yeah, would love to see more of it. What well, about you? I mean, I think the thing that's interesting about this, and I think, I, I don't know, what do you think? I think B2B is going to become more important in this purpose space because, so when you think about it, they don't have the consumer piece putting pressure on them to like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, but they have the employee piece and that piece is getting a lot bigger and a lot louder. And then they also have you know, the board piece, the C-suite piece that's also we're seeing kind of click into play now with the C-suite being like, wait, what are we doing around purpose? And why aren't we doing more? And so, you know, they're subject to that as well. So I kind of feel like you're going to see a lot more of that. Um, you know, and I think a little bit more activity from the B2B space. I think it's just a little bit different. I think there's activity happening. You just don't see it as much because it's not consumer facing. Um, but it was interesting. I was looking at the the industry that is activating purpose the most is financial and insurance. Yeah, Makes sense, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then yeah. behind that was healthcare and allied industries, professional services, manufacturing, and then tele- technology and telecom. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's I think it's really interesting. I'm glad she did the research. I, I think one of the things that's interesting about B2B too, when we talk about B2B and B2C, I think one of the things that we have to remember that in the end, it's really H to H human to human. Exactly. And so whoever you're dealing with, I think the purpose component can be very powerful. And I think what a lot of B2B companies are realizing too, is that even though they may be working through a middle person, right? Like a retailer or a supermarket or something like that. The fact that they can become a preference for consumers. So, and I'm using the example too, being at the, um, you know, Southeast Produce Council next week oh, yeah. and talking to folks there. You and you your know, banana people. You want to make, yeah, if you're there, if you're, yeah, if you're, if you're sunrays and you sell, you know, oranges and clementines and stuff like that and get fruit to people, I mean, you want shoppers to be coming into those supermarkets and saying, hey, do you carry sunrays? Right. I'm not just looking for clementines. I'm looking for sunray clementines. Does that happen? Yes. Well, I think like there is definitely a preference there. Do I do that? I do that now. Do you demand now that I know a more about yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah, that yeah, yeah. But you know, but think about it though too, right? In the sense, like we can kind of influence that process. You know, you know, it's a great example of that too, Megan. The way the pharmaceutical in, uh, industry influence consumers with certain drugs, right? Because they do advertising, and then the consumer goes in to the pharmacist and or goes into their doctor and says, "Hey, how about this? I heard this is really." I don't good, actually know what it does, uh, but the people look super happy. That's that right. That's right. And we're getting a ton of advertising. You know, I'm seeing a ton of advertising around it. So I That's think in a lot of ways, it's it's kind of the same thing that if we can get to that point where consumers have a preference for our product, uh, that can be very Well, and I think the other thing that you're talking about too, it's that whole B2B. And as more companies have a purpose focus, they're going to want to align with other companies that also have a similar purpose focus or have a purpose focus or share similar values. So, you know, even if you're talking B2B, they still have to do business with other companies, most likely. Right. Um, yeah. And so if they're able to find like-minded organizations, you know, that could be an influencing factor as well. And it could be a factor when you're choosing A over B, like you were just saying. That's right. You know, maybe you don't walk yeah. in saying, Clement, you know, saying which Clementines you want to buy to a retailer, but maybe you're saying, well, I'm going to choose this vendor because they're, you know, 
their values are in alignment with our values. Right. 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 And, you know, maybe one of those things, too. I'm choosing this vendor because they get the idea of purpose and they can work with me um, along achieving my own purpose. Yeah. I mean, I think I think um, the only piece that's different or that maybe is not as necessary is just that whole external communications piece. Like certainly they have the internal comms around it and that's still important, but they probably don't need to do as much PR and external comms because they don't, you know, they're not consumer facing. So, you know, I think that depends on what your... It totally depends on what, um, what the company is. I think is. it's on what your goal is. I'm thinking is, of like but, a valve manufacturer, you know, like... Right, right, right. No, that's a good, you know, that's a good point on something like that. So, but I do think, you know, when you can influence consumer preference around things, uh, that can be powerful. Okay, when I talk about the what's the show you're going you're speaking at next week? It's it's the produce mm-hmm, banana Southern orange exposure, apple. What is Southern it? Exposure 2020. That's really and what it's called. It's That's adorable. South, yep. Are you going to get yep, to wear Southern a fruit Expo- hat? I hope so. I'm going to wear a fruit outfit. But <laughs> the challenge there is very similar. It's a, it's a bunch of produce growers and they're interested in how they can work more effectively with cause, how they can extend cause marketing. They obviously work with a lot of supermarket chains. How can they help them enhance their own efforts? But how can they create some of their own? And, you know, and we're seeing that in a lot of inst- instances too. Um, you know, I mentioned Sunrays earlier. Sunrays has this great partnership with Save the Children where over the past uh, several years, they've donated 180 thousand dollars they have uh, wow yeah hundred and eighty thousand dollars to save the children so it's been a really effective program and it's based on the number of boxes of clementines that are shipped as opposed to what is bought so in some ways it is kind of purchase triggered but i guess we would technically call it an action triggered program but it's uh you know so it's it's really important but like i said you know what's interesting though is since i've learned about all these different produce names and brands now i go to the supermarket looking, looking for, for them those particular brands That's interesting. now that may be now you make a good point though megan that may just be me like because I'm sensitive to things like that, well, you know, and but, I want okay, to so things like that. I guess it depends on consumer because for me, the only thing I care about in the grocery store is that it's organic. Like I you could be doing a very cool cause promotion and I would not care because I would not be shopping in that section because it's not organic. So yeah, I think that's a but you're right, it can be a point of differentiation. What are you gonna talk to them about? Anything? Uh, I'm going to be talking. I'm going to be talking to them about how. Well, first of all, I want to help them understand where cause marketing fits with a lot of the other buzzwords in this space, like purpose. I want to help them choose a nonprofit partner. My goal with this is to get all 400 people involved with some type of cause before the end of 2020. Uh, I'm going to go through the different types of programs with a big emphasis on purchase triggered programs, action triggered, and um, donate profits, and then. The the last component, which I think is really important, Megan, is not enough people are promoting the programs that they're doing. And that is so important. So whether you do that through a nonprofit partner or you create your own um, social media handle or piece of content to, to capture that for you, you need to be doing something to promote that with your audience. And you know what was interesting is when I actually looked into some of these people like Wish Farm, uh, which is a produce grower in Florida, they already have 200,000, over 200,000 people on their Facebook page. Wow. So they already have a 
channel Isn't for that interesting? I don't think I've ever followed yeah. a produce company on social media. Yeah. Well, you know, they're amazing and they do some amazing work. And what's interesting is obviously not only are they giving back to organizations for hunger and stuff, but they're also standing up for uh, migrant workers. And oh, well, that right. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, you know, that's something that's really positive. So it's been really fascinating that's to learn fun. about the space. Good for you. Yeah. It's all these things yeah. that you don't even know exist until you're like, I know. Well, of course that exists. I know. But and I get to go to Tampa. Tampa? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it you should be, be fun. Hopefully, be it'll be good. warmer. It's nine degrees in Boston today, so hopefully it'll be really? warmer down there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, although I have to admit, folks, I like the cold weather, so it doesn't really bother you me. You do? But it'll be nice to be in a different climate. Yeah. If just for a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. I hope you have an amazing time. And uh, I'm sure you'll write something up interesting afterwards because you usually do when I you will. go to something Absolutely. Like Share yeah. your uh, bananagrams with us. Yeah, that's right. So you're a peer-to-peer next week. I'm a peer-to-peer in Austin, and you are in Tampa at the National... What's it called? Produce Council? Southeast Produce Council. Okay. Southern Exposure. Southern Exposure. But Southern Exposure. They're going to love you in that accent. I know. I hope so. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Amazing. Anything else happening in your world that we should be talking about? Nope. Uh, just all good things, thankfully. All good things. All good yeah. things. All right. Well, it's always great to talk to you, Joe. Have safe, safe travels next week. And we'll be back next month. And I will be... You too. I will have read the book by then. So we can talk more I about know. that. It'll yeah, be it's hard be to not like have like a mini book club discussion on the podcast because we're going to be both so excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Amazing. Well, thanks so much, Joe. And we will talk to you real soon. And thanks for all of you who are listening, tuning into Cost Talk Radio. We'll talk to you next time.